0: Getting a divorce from your spouse is easier than breaking up with your cable company. If you've ever tried to break up with cable, whether it's Comcast or DirecTV or whatever it is, it is literally the most difficult thing in the world to do. And I have to tell you, this week I tried to break up with cable, and I absolutely lost my mind. I became so angry. I did things that I probably shouldn't have done, and I actually, at the end, asked myself this question, what was I thinking? Let me tell you this story. So for about 45 days, our internet has been going in and out. And so what I mean in and out is that every 15 minutes or so, it will shut off and we have to go unplug and plug back in the modem. If you use the internet in your house at any level, you know that it's essential kind of to everyday life in this, uh, you know, time that we live. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it just is, especially if you're me, I use it a lot. And so about 45 days ago, Caitlin called into Comcast to try to figure out what the problem was, and they told her that she couldn't access the account because she wasn't on the account. They tell everybody that at some point in time. So they call me. I put her on the account. She calls back. They say she's still not on the account. Fine. A couple of days later, she ended up appearing on the account and found herself on the phone with a Comcast person who said, there's a problem with your modem. And she said, okay, well, what's the problem? He said, you need a software update. We're going to send a signal from our office, which, I don't know, is in like Calcutta or something, but they like send like a signal from like some random place like to the modem and it fixes it and you need a software update. So she goes, okay, so they send the software update to the modem and so it starts working again. Fifteen minutes later, of course, as you can imagine, it shuts off and doesn't continue to work. We've lived this way for about 45 days, where we have to go behind the TV and unplug the modem and plug it back in. It's driving us insane. Well, Thursday, I was sitting on the couch doing some work, and all of a sudden, the modem stopped working completely. I unplugged it and plugged it back in, and it did not reactivate. The internet just kept not working, so I called Comcast, and after about an hour of trying this, I finally called Comcast, and they said, whoever told your wife the information was was inaccurate. You don't need a new modem, So you don't need a software update, but in fact, you just need a new modem altogether. I said, really? I said, so, okay, so how can I get that? They said, well, you're going to have to either do one of two things. We can ship it to you in 96 hours, and I was like, 96 hours? Have you not heard of FedEx, right? And they said, or you can actually go to Comcast and get your modem. Now, have you been to comcast because it's like the motor vehicle bureau okay it's worse than the motor vehicle bureau it's the absolute worst place to go in the entire city and I said okay I'm gonna make the decision during the middle of my day to go to comcast and kinda risk my week and my happiness to go over there to get this done cuz I need working internet in my house subsequently I said because of the hour I've been now on the phone with you and my inconvenience for the past 45 days, how are you going to compensate me for my inconvenience? I'm always quick to ask that, especially when a company's profit is 1.3 billion for last quarter. How much of that do they want to share with the rest of us? So the woman on the phone said, well, Adam, I'm going to have to get a supervisor for you, so just hold on. I said, okay. So I was on hold on hold for another 15 minutes and this supervisor came on the phone, she heard the entire story about how long we've been out of internet and my inconvenience and having to plug it back in and out and how long I've been on the phone today, she said, okay, based on our calculations for how much time you've lost, I'd like to offer you some compensation and I'm going, here it comes, it's going to be a good one, she said, we'd like to offer you 33 cents, (laughs) I am absolutely not making that up, she said, I can offer you 33 cents for your inconvenience to which that point I said are you out of your mind? And that's when I started to lose my temper and anger started to creep in. In fact, I used a couple of choice words with this woman that I probably shouldn't have used, but I was so done and so hot and so angry that I could not stand it anymore. And I let this woman on the other end of this phone have it. And then I said, I'd like to cancel my service, ma'am. I'm done with you people. And she said, okay, you can go ahead and do that. But even at and Ubers will take 72 hours before they get to you to install your internet, and you know what? She was right. They have us. We can't do anything, and I finally just said, oh, I'm so angry about this, and I let it overflow on this woman, and I went to Comcast, picked up up my new modem in some miraculous revelation. There was only three people there. It only took me five minutes, and I came back, and I was sitting on my couch, and I started to think to myself, what was I thinking? Why did I speak to her the way that I did? Because I let anger get the best of me so i have a question for you today ever blown your top Ever let anger kind of come out through you in a way that you shouldn't? Maybe, maybe you haven't necessarily blown your top, but you've been on the other side of someone blowing their top at you. And it's not a fun thing to do. Anger is a very, very unique and difficult emotion to process and kind of pick through. But why I want to talk about anger today is because we're in this series where we're starting to ask ourselves how to stop asking this question. What was I thinking? And oftentimes, when we respond to ang- when we respond with anger, we ask this question when we're done. What was I thinking when I did that? And so for the next, uh, for actually this five-week series, we've been spending our time in the book of Proverbs, which is an ancient book of wisdom, a book of wisdom that we think is so ancient that if we put into practice in our lives today, it's actually not that ancient, that it actually can still mean something for us here today, here and now, so we've been taking a look at what the book of Proverbs has to say about wisdom. The book of Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon. I've been saying that for the past couple weeks. He was King David of Israel's son, and he was said to be the wisest man that has ever lived. So we're going to actually take a look at what this ancient book of wisdom today has to say about anger. And here's the truth, it has a ton to say about anger. And here's where I want to kind of start off. Proverbs 29:11. If you have your scriptures or your phones, you can turn there if you want to. It's not necessary. We have it on the top screens now and right here for you to look at. Proverbs 29 11. Here's what it says. Fools give full vent to their rage, their anger, but the wise bring what? Calm in the end. Fools give full vent to their rage. Basically, when you let anger take control of you and it kind of comes out, you look like a what? Like a fool. That woman on the other end of the phone must have been thinking, what an idiot this guy is for speaking to me this way. Okay, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. It's not the only thing that Proverbs has to say about anger. In Proverbs 15.1, it says this, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up what? Anger, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. We talked about words two weeks ago and how important words are and that words over the course of time offer someone a sense of direction. And so words and anger are kind of related to each other because when anger kind of lands in our heart, it comes out of our mouths. And that's why words are so important. It's important for us to gently answer because harsh words, things that come out of our mouths based on anger are only going to stir things up. But Proverbs 19.11 also says, this is, I love this. This is so good. Smart people know how to hold their tongue. Their grandeur is to forgive and forget. Smart people know that when anger is living inside of your heart, that when you let it come out through your mouth and what that looks like, that it's not necessarily wise to do that. They know when to hold their tongue. So anger is a really big deal. Anger is something that is super important. Anger is an emotion that is like layers and layers and layers of complexity over and over again. And anger is something that we need to understand at kind of an exponential level because at some level it affects all of us. Because anger is this thing that in our hearts we see something that we don't like or someone does something to us or something happens that we think is wrong, and then we start to take those emotions kind of inside of our hearts, and it makes us angry in the end. So here's just a couple of things I want you to know about it today. Number one, anger is a powerful emotion. Anger is a powerful, power, em- powerful emotion. I wanted to almost use the word an extremely powerful emotion. It is one of the most powerful emotions that I think exists out there. Why? Don't miss this. Because anger starts internal. Anger, when you see something you don't like, when someone does something to you, when you see something that is wrong, anger starts inside of us and it kind of starts to swell and there are feelings and you're like, I don't like that. But then it starts internally, but eventually manifests itself externally. And that is the problem. That's when anger gets ugly, but that's how powerful of an emotion that it is. One of my favorite movies in 2015 was Inside Out. If you haven't seen Inside Out, I would recommend going to see it as soon as possible. Inside Out was about these five emotions that live inside the mind of a little girl. And here they are. And it's really kind of fun. There's disgust over here. There's joy. There's fear. Sadness. And then this guy right here. Anybody want to guess what his name is? anger. And he already kind of looks a little angry, right? So I imagine that this guy, Anger, right here, he's probably, somebody probably said something to him that honked him off. Somebody probably, you know, set him up and he didn't really like it. But the truth is is that a lot of us start out like this with anger, but when anger comes out of our mouths, we kind of end up like that, don't we? Which is what anger does in the movie. He blows his top. He can't control himself. And so often, all of us related to anger end up doing the same which is why it's so important to understand what a powerful emotion it is but allow me to make a point about anger that I think will just kind of revolutionize our study on it today anger isn't always a sin meaning anger isn't always wrong Sin is this word or this idea that we would do things that would separate us from God and that are wrong, and we tend to think that when we get angry, that it's always wrong, but it's not. Anger isn't always a sin. It's not always wrong, because those feelings that kind of end up inside of us Those things that we're like, I don't like this. The world is a bad place. What can I do about this? I'm angry about this. Those things that end up inside of us can actually be used for good if we allow them to. The problem is, is that we oftentimes let them be used for things that aren't good. And that's when anger becomes a sin. That's when anger becomes wrong because there is good anger. There is good anger, and I'm going to talk about that in just a second. What does good anger look like? How do we process anger for good? But there's also bad anger. There's also anger that you can go, this that lives inside of me is going to come out of me, and somebody's going to get hurt. I'm going to do something stupid. I'm going to make my life worse because of anger. There's good anger, and there's bad anger. You know, I know this, because Jesus got angry, and Jesus who we believe was God's son. He died and rose again three days later. We believe that. So what he says and what he does in his life, we want to pay very special attention to, almost more careful attention than anyone else, because we want to kind of live our lives like he lived. And Jesus kind of heard of some things that were going on in the temple. Now, if you've been around downtown Harbor for a while, you know that we talked a lot in our first couple of weeks about the temple model, this idea of the old model, where people would go into a building and they would Have to take sacrifices in, and that was how they kind of made right with God. We talked about that in our first couple of weeks, but I want to tell you about what Jesus did when He saw there was money trading and there were injustices going on in the temple. In the Book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 12 and through 14, check this out. Jesus, don't miss how big this is. This is a big deal. Jesus went straight to the temple and threw out everyone who had set up shop, buying and selling. Buying and selling. This I love this. He kicked over the tables of loan sharks and the stalls of the dove merchants, and then he quoted this text. My house was designated a house of prayer. You have made it a hangout for thieves. And let me tell you, because we did a whole bunch of research on this passage of scripture this week, John and I spent a lot of time picking it apart. And here's what we kind of found out was going on at the time, is that inside the temple, the place where people were supposed to come to be made right with God and to sacrifice, people were exchanging money. Not, to, not only were they exchanging money, but the people who were on the inside were exchanging money at exorbitant interest rates. Basically, they were ripping people off. Furthermore, We found out that what was going on inside the temple could have been where people were bringing their sacrifices in to like the religious leaders of the time, and the religious leaders of the time were telling these people, your sacrifice isn't good enough. Let us keep it. Now go get a better one, and then they would sell the sacrifice that they actually kept, They were ripping people off, and this was such a big deal because remember, this is how the people of the time were made right with God. This is how all those thousands of years ago, those people were actually made right. And Jesus came in, and you know what he said? You are exploiting my fellow man. You are taking advantage of people, and I will not have it anymore. So then, now there was room. After he threw them all out and kicked over their tables, he said, now there was room for the blind and the crippled to get in. They came to Jesus and he healed them. Furthermore, I believe that Jesus was so mad here and he let his anger come out and to be used for good because what those people were doing was blocking the ability for simple people to come in to the temple. Almost, if we were to think of it in a modern day scenario, it's almost like what the church does to block people from coming into it. That's why at Downtown Harbor, we have said over and over again, we don't have church membership. You come as you are. You are welcome to sit there right where you're at. That's what we were angry about. And we allowed our anger to be used for good and we let Jesus's example lead us. He was angry because his fellow men were being exploited and people were being ripped off. And he let his anger be used for good, so that there was room for the blind and the crippled to come in and that he could heal them. So I talked about good anger. What is a good anger? When you have anger that's inside of you and you want it to be for good, what can be an example of good anger? Well I think this. I think anger that is good is anger that can be directed at injustice. I believe that there are things in this world that should break our hearts. There are things in this world that we should be angry about. There are things in this world that happen related to the people we love and groups of people and cultures that we should go, this is not right. We have to do something with this. Anger that can be directed at injustice, but don't miss this at all. This anger that can be directed at injustice was never meant to be anger that turned into hate. It was supposed to be anger that turned in to love. Now, what does bad anger look like? If good anger can be directed at injustice, bad anger is anger that can be directed at people. Bad anger is anger that can be directed at people. Now, don't misunderstand this. There are people at times tied to injustice, But Jesus never necessarily made it about the people who were doing the injustice. He took on the injustice. And a lot of times when we get angry at people, it's not even about injustice. It's about silly, stupid things. It's with our boss or our spouse or our coworkers. And then we just let it boil over and come out of our mouths and it gets so ugly. And here's what I wanna tell you about anger. When you direct your anger at people, when you have these feelings inside of your heart, and you don't deal with them and you let it overflow through your mouth at people, when anger boils over, people get hurt. When anger boils over, people get hurt. Because when anger boils over, do you know what you do? You lose control of your words a lot of the times. I know that I have when I've been angry. I lose control of my words. I also lose my temper and I necessarily don't think I have an anger issue the problem is is that most of us don't but every so often it kind of creeps up and comes out and then furthermore we let this anger start to control our actions and it gets really really ugly so allow me just to say this about anger if you would look at this in this way related to anger I think you would be able to control it in a different way you need to attack the problem not the person Attack the problem, not the person. Let me give you a couple of examples. If you are in a disagreement with your spouse or significant other, or maybe it's a friend, oftentimes we tend to attack the person over the issue. He did this. She did this. Imagine this. What would happen if you sat and had a casual conversation and resolved things calmly, and you talked about the issue, not just the person? Think of how your life could be different. Let's say you have a boss and you have an issue with that person or let's say you're a boss and you have an employee who you have an issue with. Imagine what would happen if you just gave someone the benefit of the doubt and you said, let's talk about this issue. I don't want to make my anger about you. I want to make it about this problem. How would things be different? Because here's the truth about anger. It's not the emotion. It's not the emotion that's wrong. It's the behavior the emotion of anger is not wrong the emotion of anger is good if you let it to be used for good but the problem is with most of us is when we become angry it just festers it just stays there it just lands in our heart forever and then what happens an explosion happens and you know that if you deal with anger and there's an explosion you have to eventually pick up the pieces of that mess And that mess is really, really, really difficult to clean up. This is why this is so gray. This is why this is so tension-filled. Because it's not wrong, but it is. If not used for good and if not used for love, it can become really, really ugly. And let me tell you, when I believe that it can come really, really ugly, when anger is lingering... And prideful, it becomes dangerous. Have you ever not dealt with an issue? Maybe you're thinking of an issue right now that you need to deal with that you're angry about. Have you ever not dealt with an issue over time and it just kind of stays there and you don't deal with it? What does it do over the course of time? It gets worse and worse and it lingers and you get more and more mad and then eventually explodes, right? That's why we have to deal with these anger emotions in such a good, productive way because when it's lingering and then it's, don't miss this because this is a big part of anger, when it's prideful, because anger is about us a lot of times. How dare someone do that to me? I'm angry about it. How dare someone wrong me in this way? And I'm gonna let it fester over time. It becomes, this D word is so important, it becomes dangerous. It becomes dangerous because when anger comes out, when you blow your top, when it eventually kind of seeps through your mouth and out into the public, it is absolutely 100% dangerous that's how important the anger the emotion of anger is that's why the bible the scriptures talk about it so much because it affects our life so so much proverbs i read this earlier but i want to go back to it because it's just so so important fools give full vent to their rage but the wise bring calm in the end fools when you let anger linger it's prideful it becomes dangerous. It's foolish. It is. Let me let me take it a different way. It's stupid. It is not a wise decision to make. That's why you need to deal with it on the front end in your own heart. And here is what I just want you to know about anger, because it's so important. And this is kind of our bottom line for today. And I want you to take it and go with it and think about it during the week and think about it in your situations, in everyone that you have, how much that this means. Anger is a powerful emotion, and you need to learn to control it properly. Those of us who are a part of the Jesus movement who have said, yeah, We believe that Jesus is who he said that he was, and we're kind of looking at his life, and that's the way we want to live ours. If you let anger get the best of you, you are behaving improperly. And that's not a beat up. That's just me telling you, hey, eventually you're going to pay the price for this in your own life. It will become ugly for you because the emotion is so powerful. Anger is such a powerful emotion, and you have to learn to control it properly because when you don't control your anger, you will, as I mentioned earlier, have that gigantic, huge, gargantuan mess to pick up. Proverbs also says another thing about anger for those of us on the receiving end of it. Maybe that we have kind of been on the receiving end of someone else's wrath. Maybe we've been on the receiving end of someone else's anger. Maybe we've been even abused by someone else's anger. Proverbs has such a clear message for those of us who've been on the wrath of it. Let angry people, don't miss this, endure the backlash of their own anger. If you try to make it better, you'll only make it worse. Basically, angry people, People who let anger land here and come out here in a negative way, they're going to have to deal with their own backlash someday. So get out of their way. Don't go after them. Let them just be angry. They're going to have to deal with it themselves and realize there are consequences to it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone? Maybe it's your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend. Maybe it's just your friend. And the person is really mad about something. How does it go for you when you say, hey, calm down. I don't know how it's gone for you, but it's not gone well for me. Like, it's been very ugly, especially in traffic, right? Calm. No, it's, I mean, listen, there's eventually going to be backlash for people who deal with that. So for us, who are kind of on the receiving end of it, and we all might have been through our lives, just relax. Let them deal with it. They are going to eventually have to deal with the consequences of their actions. Now, here's one more verse in Ecclesiastes in the scriptures, not in Proverbs. But I wanted to share it with you today because I found it to be so just amazing. And I want to give you a couple of just very practical examples related to this. And here it is. Control your temper for anger labels you a fool. Control your temper for anger labels you a what? An idiot, a moron, a fool, somebody who is a doofus, okay? A fool. Let me give you a couple, a couple examples. Ever put your fist through a wall you've been so mad? Ever lose your temper and kind of kick a door in? I would love to have a surveillance camera in the place where that happened and to watch your reactions as you went back and watched the footage. Because you know what you look like? A fool. Here's one. Ever been on the phone with someone and hang up? on someone else? Let's call it specifically someone you know, not Comcast, okay? Because sometimes they have it coming. No, I'm just kidding. But ever be on the phone with someone you know, and your conversation's not going real well, and you have to hang up because you can't deal with it anymore? The phone call doesn't go so well the next time you're talking to the person, does it? How about this one? How about if you're an employer or you're an employee, and you are angry about something at work? Have you ever fired off an angry email at someone or a group of people, do you know what you look like when you do that? A two-bit loser. And if you think that I'm kidding, if you've ever been on the receiving end of one of those, you know exactly what you think of the other person who did it. They are a fool. Here's the deal, gang. I go back just two slides. You can see this. Anger is a powerful emotion. It might be, other than love, the most powerful emotion that I think exists because it's internal and it's external and it's difficult to control and it lives in us and comes out of us. Anger is such a powerful emotion and we have to learn to control it properly. And I'm not telling you this because I think we're a bunch of angry people in the room but every so often anger creeps in and comes out. And then when we do, we have to pick up the pieces of the crap. We have to pick up the pieces of what we've done. And it's not fun. That's why the scripture talks so much about it. And at downtown Harbor church, we're like, we want to see our people here have the best actual life that they can have. And when you let anger in your heart and out of your mouth, it just goes bad for everybody. You hurt people you hurt yourselves and you definitely don't love your neighbor as yourself as Jesus called us to do. If I could see that woman that I spoke to on the phone Thursday, today, and she came and sat right here, I would look at her and I would say, I blew my top. I didn't control my anger properly. Please forgive me because I'm sorry. And maybe there's somebody in your life that you just need to do that with today and make it right. I don't know who that is, but you might. And anger is a very powerful emotion. That's why it's so important for us to learn to control it properly. That way, don't miss the key line, because I like to say this. That way you can stop asking the question, what was I thinking? Let's pray. God, thanks so much just for what you say about anger and just how it can destroy us and rip us limb from limb. And we don't want to be angry people. We should be the most joyful, excited people in the entire world. But so often we let anger just kind of simmer and sit there, and my goodness, it gets ugly. It's ugly for us and ugly for others, and I just pray that you would just allow us to harness these emotions that are so powerful and control it properly. I don't know um, what you're doing through the lives of everybody in this room today, but you do, God, and I just pray that you would work. I pray that you would move through people so that they would be able to understand where they're at related to this, and they would be able to go from here and love their neighbor as themselves in a different way, specifically today related to anger, specifically today related to rage, and these things that are just not good when they come out, but they can be used for good if they're related to love and not hate. God, we love you. We praise you today in Jesus' name, amen.